Hello, and welcome to another episode of Andrew's Amazing Podcast. I'm your host, James Santana. As always, enjoy my realistic sidekick, Hunter Van Lero. Oh, I can't. Oh, again, my pause is always for like your joke to like your insert your joke here, and I'm like, that was just like rude. Ah, that's what he does. Nah, I, I couldn't think of anything. I'll, I'll, I might believe it to make it funnier. <coughs> True. We are brought to you by VAR Industries and by Andrew's Amazing Comics out in Sable, New York. Now let's start off with some news. Um, first news is fucking insane. So yeah, this is potentially huge. Yeah. For comics, at least. I mean, not for uh, the wider world, but yeah. Well, for us as comic fans, it's insane. First of all, yeah. <coughs> we talked about this last year when it first broke. <coughs> Sorry, I'm like sinus thing going on. <coughs> Dicko, uh, the Dicko states sell with Disney. I wrote Marvel in it, but it's really Disney over the rights for Amazing Fantasy and Strange Tales. Um. Not only is it the Amazing Fantasy and Strange Tales stuff, but it's also like the contents of those issues. Yeah, it's which... some Spider-Man characters, some Doctor Strange characters that haven't been used in a while, like his brother. You know he had a brother? Yes, he does. Yeah. And he's a vampire. I didn't know about that until like recently, and I was like, what? Yeah. And I'm, I'm thinking it's tied to all the Ditko stuff. Um, also, Spider-Man's first appearance and his original supporting cast are all first appear, besides, um, besides Harry and um, Gwen. They're in his origin stories in Amazing Fantasy 15. Here you go with Spider Man in Amazing Fantasy 15. Same thing with Doctor Strange's origins and Strange Tales. Um, didn't realize this was going like I knew this was going on, um, but didn't know how vast it was. So much so that it would have been a problem later on, according to court like people and and and, and insiders saying like, oh, this could have been a bigger problem later on that. That Disney settled out of court for this. Whatever the estimate is, we do not know. Because that estimate seems like it's probably be ridiculous and insane amount of money. Mm -hmm. Um, But that goes back to the old days of creators not owning their creations when it came to comic books. You know, this is just still kind of the the fallout of the stuff that these guys did back in the day. I get it. It sucks. You know. And their states should fight for the rights to have the money that these these multi million dollar movies are now making, but also like that was kind of a work for hire project. That's what happens when you sign a contract that says what you make is ours. I, I it, it it's a very awful double edged sword here. You know, on one hand, I can definitely see why these states are doing it, not even just out of greed, but out of just like, hey, it's you know, my dad, my grandpa created, you know. Spider-Man or it's created uh, uh, Doctor Strange like yeah no duh <laughs> like it should be part of your family legacy it's their creations but the other half is like well it was created 60 years ago now why are we still fighting over what should have been your rights back then why are you fighting for it now you know mm-hmm. so it, it, it's weird I get it you know it, it's it definitely is like a weird gray area that tends to get you know messy when it comes to to money and, and people being involved whether it's 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 a moral obligation that you're doing for your family or it's just like a, a greed thing 
I am glad that it's settled and that we will be able to get more stuff. This actually may seem uh, not as poignant to other people, but as common people, which would be like, we can get a relaunch of Amazing Fantasy and make it a Spider-Man family book or mm-hmm. launch, you know, Strange Tales and do that as like the the Marvel magic book by exploring the Marvel magical universe without always having to jam everyone into Doctor Strange or like make them beast characters in Strange Academy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, that's the only way I could see doing it. That's what they did with um, um, Amazing Fantasy a couple of years ago. That's how they launched. That's where Amadeus comes from, and that's where Rainier comes from. Okay. They're both from Amazing Fantasy when they were relaunched them a couple of times. Yeah, they did them, um, what was it, 2021, 2020, yeah. right around that time. Right after or in between the COVID times, they released a Amazing Fantasy five-issue miniseries. Yes. But I didn't understand what it was. Was it an anthology? Was it was it like a story that was out of continuity? So it was a three-issue. I remember the art being weird. I remember yeah, the so storylines being like Wolverine. Oh, not Wolverine. Spider-Man was like a barbarian or something. Yeah, so it, was a, it ended up being a three-issue miniseries. Oh, it was three? I thought it was five. Yes, yeah, three, because it was... Captain America from it was Captain America from World War Two, Natasha Black Widow from right when she right after she graduated from the Red Room and Peter right after he got bit by the spider, uh, thrown into this high fantasy world. Hmm. Very interesting. It's a cool story if you read it, but like it doesn't make sense if you're not a fan of any of those characters, <laughs> like. Yeah, it's not just like oh, we took Spider Man and Black Widow and, and and Captain America, put them in like this high fantasy thing. We took them from three specific eras of time in their timeline, which doesn't really matter because it's not in canon in the sense of like they remembered it, you know. Yeah. So it's just like uh, you could then just make it an Elseworld, just be like this is them growing up in this, you know, make it like almost like a sixteen oh two style. Yeah, but you yeah, know, making it a um. Bringing back Amazing Fantasy would be a good way to, to after the settlement, to be like, all right, hey, we're gonna bring it back and like make it a Spider-Man book. As much as there's a lot of Spider-Man yeah, books, yeah, because like, yeah, but that's that's how you weasel your way out of doing so many Spider-Man books as you use Amazing Fantasy, like Batman uses Urban Legends. I mean, I know uh, Red Hood has recently had a few minis, like the two minis in that one shot, and then not the two minis, the two issues in Gotham War. Yeah. And then he had um, he has one of the web comics, but there is a um, I heard the hill, yeah, yeah. During Batman Urban Legends, they told entire story with a few of those characters. This could be Marvel's version of Urban Legends, where you can make it to Spider Man. Any character that isn't like if Jessica Drew isn't holding a book, give her a three issue arc on Amazing Fantasy, and then switch it over to. Um, you know, Anya, or you could even use it as like a new Web Warriors style book. You can even switch Web Warriors to that well, idea if you want to do a bunch of Spider-Man. But if you want to keep the Amazing Fantasy brand, either make it like original Peter stuff, like like let's say, um, no, because you could just do Amazing Spider-Man. Never mind. But still, like use some well, of the no, supporting cast do... from Amazing Fantasy. You can even have references to the people and characters that showed up before Spider-Man and after Spider-Man took off. Yeah, like there's like a few extra issues after Amazing Fantasy 15 that were like other characters that aren't Spider-Man, and then like it was like okay, this is like a Spider-Man. Um, there's the Spider-Man jumping on point, and no one cares anymore. Well, also like you can make it where Amazing Fantasy is strictly like just the, all, like these can be back in the day stories for Peter, 
So that if yeah, you, you could do like the Parker years or Untold Tales or Web Spinners or whatever those old anth- uh, anthological kind of Spider-Man stories used to be, yeah. where you could do like the amazing um, fantasy, yeah, like how they're doing the Ben Riley book and the Venom Lethal Protector books and the yes. Spider-Man books, which take place in a certain period of time. They did that similarly with the uh, Spider-Man: The Lost Hunt, yes, which takes place after the final adventure somewhere in the Ben Riley Clone Saga era. Like that's crazy to think. Like, you know, we're just going back in time and filling in gaps because we want to. But Amazing Fantasy, it's like X-Men Legends or yes. Extreme X-Men or whatever. Claremont was X-Men was Legends doing. was the – yeah, yeah X-Men like Legends that's was a cool. That's a cool idea. Why not do that for Spider-Man? Exactly. You know. Yeah. So we have that. So that, at least, like I said, it's settled. It's out of the way. And we actually can do something with those books now. Yeah, Strange Tales could be something akin to – a magical version of any character that like let's say strange academy they can't make those books anymore for whatever reason make strange tales about the kids from strange academy who graduated or don't do don't do they'll have strange academy don't use it for strange academy well, no. all the other no, magic people uh, other magic, yeah other magic characters if scarlet witch doesn't have a book thrower in one of those Doc, yeah like uh, was a brother voodoo yeah um once clea stops being dr strange well she's not that strange no but she's still very heavily in the book during well, the yeah. jmk era oh, they married saying, like once yeah, like once they like throw her back into obscurity, if they do, that could be a her book. Wong could have a few solo issues in there that expand more on whatever Wong story you want to tell. Especially He's with, a strike. Yeah, with the very high, with the very um, popular version of him from the MCU. You yeah, they're not doing cash that. In on, no, no, not change the version, but cash in on Wong hype whenever Wong appears in the show. Be like, look, like kind of like what um, the Unlimited stuff does. You could do Amazing Fantasy Unlimited, Strange Tales Unlimited. Yeah, just like to, to like keep that like x-men unlimited or yeah um, the like said, their biggest thing the way they should cash in on something like a strange tales is where you have characters that aren't carrying like magical characters that aren't carrying books like scroll which has a book coming up well recoming back up yeah i mean but you don't even have stuff. to make it like an urban legend style you could do it like a five like a midnight suns where every yeah. like three years you got to do a five issue miniseries but then in the strange tales you could either make it you know, like, oh, man, a bunch of magic characters have to stop Nightmare or something. And it can yeah. be like Strange Tales, Nightmare Unleashed or whatever. And yeah. you can have, like, a few of the magic characters that aren't Doctor Strange putzing around. Yeah. Or bring back the Sorcerer Supreme, some of those ones from that book. And then, you know, have them pop up and be like, we're here from Time Nonsense or whatever. Just make – use the – like, those are legacy titles. Do what DC is doing with action and detective yeah. and urban legends and Legends of the Dark Knight when they do that one every once in a while, and just capitalize on side characters that could potentially, if those, you know, minis sell well, or if those books, like those single stories sell well, you can be like, oh, uh, people really like Scarlet Spider again, let's give him another five-issue miniseries, see if people like it, because they've been picking up his books during the Amazing Fantasy run. Exactly. Something like that, lead into it, do what they used to do. I yeah, mean, I feel like they still do that sometimes, but this is yeah. a good opportunity to reinvigorate the Spider-Man, like, because every Spider-Man book out right now is, like, Spider-Woman just started because it's tied to first uh, gang strike, but a uh, gang war, but then it shall spin off. But it's Miles Morales, two Peter books. Well, now the one, now it's one Peter book, and then Spider-Boy and, and Superior be, both being written by Dan Slott, so he's in his own Dan Slott Spider-Man universe. Yeah. Your main stuff, like, Peter and Miles. No, it's me. It's all me. There's... No, I'm not saying it's not canon. I'm just saying, like, your, like, name, like, uh, amazing, sensational. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The um, 
adge- the adjective Spider-Man. Yeah. Like that's you could easily throw some of those. Like what's Ben Riley doing? He was stuck in Dark Web. Why not do Amazing Fantasy? Well, he's in um. He was in yeah, he's X-Men. in Dark X-Men or fucking whatever. But he's yeah, have, have some of these Spider-Man characters make more appearances because we're right now just down to Peter Miles Which and now Jessica again because good. she popped back up again. There's too many Spider-Man not, people? Yeah, don't oversaturate, but at the same time, like, you have 50 Batman books. Like, get some of these Spider-Man characters well, again. No one's saying – A lot no of people one... aren't – like, I know the sales for Amazing Spider-Man are really good, and I know people on Twitter are complaining – but there are some people in the store you've said who have complained about the Spider-Man story. Yeah. Why not give opportunity for more Spider-Man, not just Peter? I know Peter's the guy, but yeah. you know Ben Riley. Every once in a while, when he has books, they sell. You know, have yeah. Kane. Kane hasn't been relevant. He's back to life, right? Yeah, Kane's What's been he doing. Kane's been alive. We don't know. No one's written him. Yeah. So why not put him in something like this, or have him redo the Web Warriors with with uh, with Ham? Because Gwen is. And Gwen's one of those characters that's been faded into obscurity in some regard. I know that she has a new miniseries, but yes. she held ongoings, and then they changed her name to Ghost Spider. Nobody cared, so they switched it back to Spider-Gwen, and now she gets weird Spider-Verse versions of it with the Gwen-Verse, and then she has now Smash, which is by Flores, which we'll talk about later. But like, it's weird to see how hype Gwen was and now how like nobody cares. Well, it's more about what do you do with the character that's – and again, just like just – like, Because she's super popular from the TV shows, so you're not capitalizing enough, I think. It may not also – it may not even just be that. It may just be the fact that she's not as popular as people think they are. It's just well, like, it's also because she's not in main continuity. She's back in her home universe. Yeah. So while she can teleport back and forth, making a reason for her to go back and forth besides I just want to is anno- – like she was in Last Remains during the Spider-Man run, and that's because – Madam Web, the new one, um, Julie, I think, got everybody together to help Spider-Man with this, all this Nick Spencer stuff. Yeah. But, like, Gwen hasn't been properly around since Spider-Geddon because they, you know, closed all the universes or whatever. And now with – I didn't read the Dan Slott Spider-Verse stuff, so I didn't know if she made an appearance there. Yes, she did. But I know she's been popping up with five-issue minis, like, when she used to hold these ongoing titles. And I think it is due to the multiverse stuff. We've really trimmed down this multiverse stuff. We only got – Spider-Punk and Spider-Man India because of the Spider-Verse movies. Oh, yeah, 100%. And I, I don't I mean, Those characters are cool, but and, – and they're not – like, Spider-Punk was newish, but he's been around for a few years. Spider-Man India, I know it's not the same one, but there was one a while ago. So it's not like they're irrelevant, but, you know, they weren't huge until these two movies. So, of course, capitalized on that. No, that's Spider-Man India is – that same Spider-Man – that same Spider-Man India is the one that came out like in the early 2000s. Yeah, yeah, it's the same one. It's just now that the movie sh- made him prominent, it's like, oh, let's just do a five-issue mini real quick. Exactly. Yeah, sell some sell some books. It's like, a... yeah. but again, that's what it so, is. Like, like sometimes you're Spider people, unless Peter Parker. Even though I love Peter, but we need to like, like with Batman, I don't need Bruce Wayne books. I need Bat Family books. You have so many Bat Family members, give them all books. You know, no, no, not no. That's the oh, you know what I mean. I'm not saying give Alfred a book and give Talon a book. I'm saying you know, Tim Drake. I know his book no. didn't sell well, but that did not sell well. Give Tim, give Tim a book or do Batman and Robin, but make it Tim and not Damien. Damien can hold his own book. Damien could be in the Batman or the Nightwing book. Well, Damien's at this point now where he's like sixteen, kind of right. Eh, I don't know. Like it, he turned thirteen during Rebirth, and I know it's been at least like a year in in continuity. Um, Who knows? But now with this dark multiverse stuff, and he's getting his own like like whatever Williamson's doing Batman and Robin, he seems like he's much older. Well, I know he's, he's still fun. younger than uh, yeah, no, he's John, 
No, he's still younger than John, so he's yeah. Because in the babysitting issue of Wonder Woman, Damien is still youngish, but you can be fifteen and you know immature. You, you when you're fifteen, you're supposed to be immature, you know. No, no. Well, it's... Damien is self serious, but you know he's immature in a lot of ways. So it's just you know give us uh, more books for these characters that people want to have books. I don't know. Robins was weird that book. Well, Robin Robins. Well, Hunter explains about wanting more books. All Sorry. I said was about getting more Spider-Man, like just making an anthology series and it'd be cool to see Spider-Man character Hunter off or whatever. Yeah like, yeah, like Urban Legends, something like that. Yeah, I agree. Detective Comics style, except less Batman linear and more see who's around, Detective Chimp style. We'll move on to the next piece because so we don't make this episode super long and here forever. Um, you watch the video game awards. So I actually didn't I watch did. the trailer. I'm a, big, I'm a big Game Awards guy. Yes. So I didn't want. I didn't get a chance to watch the trailer for this, but me and O'Malley were talking about it. So go ahead. You talk about this new trailer that drops. Yeah, the, the Blade video game. So Arcane Studios and Bethesda, they're behind Deathloop, they're behind Dishonored, and they did Prey. Or at least Bethesda did Prey in the style of Arcane. But either way. So there was rumor going around that we were getting a arcane, a new arcane game, and everybody was like, "Oh, it's going to be Dishonored three, you know, after Deathloop, you know, they're not going to do Deathloop two because Deathloop, not that it was bad, but didn't sell as well as Dishonored." So people are like, "Go back to the formula, make it happen." So we we see this like it, it it's a pre rendered cutscene, so there's no gameplay or anything, but it shows like this kind of modern Paris, and we're like, okay, it could still be a Dishonored game, you know, set in modern day, sure, whatever. Or it could be a new IP or something. And then it, you know, zooms in more, and it, it just goes to this barber shop, and this dude's getting his haircut, and we're like, okay, cool, another male main character, that's fine, you know, Deathloop had one, sure. And then, you know, he's getting his beard trimmed, and this dude is super, like this other dude in the, the, the barber is super nervous, like, oh man. And I'm like, oh man, does this barber have to like kill this guy? Is this guy going to kill the barber? What's going on? So after he starts shaving him up, uh, he, there's an explosion outside, and then the guy getting his haircut sits up. And he smiles, and you see his sharp teeth. And I'm like, oh, we're getting a vampire game. That's cool. And then he he, he f- puts his coat on, and you see it from, like, the bottom first, and it's like a trench coat. And I was like, is this a Blade game? And then it zooms out, and he, you know, shows him with stakes and throwing knives. And then he puts a sword on his back and his glasses on. And I'm like, this is a Blade video game. Which... And then um, – it makes sense. The producers, yeah, the video game developers came out and started talking about a third-person action game, but with Dishonored-style gameplay. So this game's going to be, like, insane. Which, again, like, Blade is a character that you can make a video game off of, you know? Blade is such an underrated character for st- stuff like video games. Like, they made Blade games for the movies. And they were had to be movie tie-ins, but they were kind of cool. Well, that's different. The Ghost, Rider, the Ghost Rider tie-in game is, like, unbelievably awesome. But again, understandable, very different. It's the... Yeah. But Blade is such an interesting character. And Marvel has, ever since Disney realized that making their own games was bad for them, they've been licensing out their characters. That's where the Spider-Man games came from. That's where um, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 was for the Switch, um, you know, and all these other Avengers from Squeenix, those kind of games. They just started coming out of the floodwork. So we've been waiting for other games like Wolverine got announced. So now we're just Blade. Like we have an Iron Man and a Black Panther game coming out soon. There's a Captain America and a Black Panther game that's separate. Which from has the been one taking Black forever Panther to come out. 
Yeah, well, I thought we'd see something at the Game Awards, but we got Blade. I think COVID and the strikes really fucked up a lot of stuff. Totally understandable. Well, yeah. But, you know, I think the Blade stuff was ready before um, the actor strike. Because Arcane's been working since Deathloop, which was a year and a half, two years ago at this point. So, you know, and, and the game was done before, obviously, it came out. So they've been working ever since that game was gold to now so it would make sense because the game developers didn't take strikes just the writing team that's fair yeah so the blade was seemingly done next year's game awards is probably going to be huge that's and what he does summer game fest as well uh jeff Keeley. so we'll okay. see something for like the summer games fest and well that's where we'll probably see a wolverine update that's where we'll see black panther iron man and black and uh, black panther and captain america we'll probably see those updates there because that's the next big game event. Because E three keeps getting canceled. <laughs> e three is canceled, but then they also like just do things like we're not going to fight people. Like okay, sure. <laughs> it's like all right, sure, go ahead. But then Jeff Keeley just says yes to everybody coming on. So that's why it's like, you know, when E three was going around, everybody had their own little showcase. But then once Jeff started, you know, the Game Awards guy started getting into everything, all these other people would drop out of E three, and then they would go to Jeff, and then you know summer game awards i mean i guess like that's the it really is insane that they uh doing a blade movie i mean doing blade movie uh blade movie blade video game makes sense now because we have this is the only piece of blade material yeah, we'll get within a year going on right now because they keep talking about the movie coming out <laughs> i mean yeah we'll eventually get it and then the sure. game will probably tie into it not that not um synergy wise yeah of course if the game's supposed to come out next year or even beginning of 2025 because it was just a pre-rendered like yeah. animatic then you know it could coincide not heavily with the blade release but same year you know double your sales if everybody knows who the fuck blade is because we haven't seen him in the last 20 years well that's their fault well it's a little bit of wesley snipes fault i think but marvel also didn't want to use blade for whatever reason I would have put personally. I would have put Blade in the Werewolf by Night, um, thing. Well, the problem is again, it's not. It, it's not about um, what you call it, selling it to like us that have watched this stuff before. It's selling it to people that are like, hey, um, I remember that, that bad Blade movie from back in the day. I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch that movie again. Mm -hmm. That's all it is for them to sell it. No, I'm well aware. And then having the video game, you know, it's like, okay, this is cool. Oh, new, new Blade movie, new Blade video game. Whatever comes first will hype the other one up. Gamers will go see Again, the Blade movie the Blade or movie. people who see the Blade movie will go play the game. True. Yeah, it, it's good synergy. Good synergy, right? Yeah, yeah good synergy. Spider-Man 2 won no game awards. I'm still upset about it, but let's move on. Yeah. Everyone was like, everyone got mad about that. That's been blowing up. I mean, hey, everything. Baldur's Gate won a bunch of them, so that's fine. But yeah, Spider Man didn't win anything. I thought it would win something. Yeah, anything. It, like it's I mean, crazy hey, that fine if it didn't win anything, you know, a lot of the games that did win very much deserved it. But there was a few in there where I was like, you could have given it to Spider Man. Well, I think a lot of it came down to like for for Spider Man. Everyone loves the Spider Man game. Like everyone loved the Spider-Man game. There's like not oh, yeah, many no, people like there's no didn't like it. it. It's just it's good, but is it you know? But did it come out too late to be part of the awards though? 
I think maybe it. Oh no, it was part of the awards. It didn't not get any because it wasn't nominated. It got nominated for a lot. It just didn't win any. But I okay. think because it came out like a month ago. I mean, technically two months ago as the Game Awards. Like two months ago, people are just like, "All right, cool." Like Assassin's Creed Mirage was on there, but it didn't win anything. I think maybe it won one random nonsense. But um, there are a bunch of games that like, but uh, Baldur's Gate three won a bunch of awards, and so did Legend of Zelda. And those games came out like in March, and then the physical cop, not the physical copy, the PlayStation copy of P- of Baldur's Gate came out like July or June or September or something. So yeah, we but still that's had, like thing. at least six months for console players to play Baldur's Gate, and then. You know, PC players, and and then what was what else was nominated? There's a few other games that Mario Wonder, but that's because it's Mario. Well, yeah, it's Mario, but that's what I mean. Like, but it was nuts. It's like maybe just because it came out so late in the year. Yeah, you know that's what had something to do with it, at least critically. Because everyone I spoke to or talked about the game, they loved it. Yeah, but it's also exclusive to PlayStation right now. That yeah, I get that. Like I Spider-Man, get it. Spider-Man won't come to Xbox, but it comes to PC every once in a while. Like the the P, the PS4 one originally came to P came to PC like two years ago, I think. Yeah. And then Miles is just now coming to PC, or it came out last year on PC or something. So at least PC gamers are playing it, but they're playing it late enough, uh, too late. Like Uncharted Four won a Game of the Year award because it was Uncharted. Like that's like movies level. That was like some of the first movie level stuff right after Last of Us that Naughty Dog was putting out, so they had to win awards. But Spider-Man, you know, it's exclusive to PlayStation, and while it looks amazing, plays amazing, story's great, you know, it's not really innovative, I would I would say. Like, Baldur's Gate 3 brings D&D to a video game modern. Like, they haven't done that in years. The last Baldur's Gate game was 2001, I think. That's crazy. That's fair. Yeah, Again, so I'm not really big in Especially coming up. I'm not that huge into gaming, so I'm like, that's why I have you. <laughs> I I mean, I'm not as huge into gaming as I make. I'm making it out to be. I've I played three like four new games this year. <laughs> One of them being, two of them being Baldur's Gate and Spider Man. <laughs> that's still a lot, you know. But yeah, I mean, it's because you don't have the PS5. That's why you haven't been playing them. Also, they're not available on the PS4 right now. <laughs> yeah, I just have time to really sit and play games. I mean, I think Baldur's Gate would definitely give you a run for its money. It minimum like a hundred hours to beat the campaign. Yeah, dude, I don't know. So, I don't know. Maybe you'll never do that, but Spider, but Spider Man, you can definitely get through Spider Man in a few months. I had the first game. I still haven't beat the first game. Well, that's because you just stopped. <laughs> I don't have time. I had a kid, so I didn't have enough time. Make time. Play like like Anthony. He's been he's still playing through Red Dead Redemption two, right? <laughs> he's finished it like twice already, three times already. <laughs> well good for him but now nah, like i remember it taking him a while to get through it the first time and i was like yeah it's because he's a whole ass adult so you can do it i believe when you play spider-man You'll yeah like okay sure <laughs> get a ps5 and then play all three of them it's good it's good stuff yeah i'm good <laughs> anyway we'll move on and uh we'll talk about mark millar uh big change with mark millar and the miller world um, yeah, so we'll talk about the good news, and then we'll talk about the the Twitter nonsense, or got the nonsense. If you if you want to, not the unfunnies. <laughs> no, so, so so talk about Mark Millar's catalog switch because you're the bigger Mark Millar. Uh, yeah, so Mark Millar switched catalog, so he's moving from um, Image. He's moving his entire catalog over to Dark Horse. 
Um, the first book announced on the Dark Horse brand will be Nemesis Rose Gallery, which is the third book that we talked about for Nemesis Story two weeks ago. Um, and then it will also feature Sharky versus um, Sharky the Bounty Hunter versus Space Bandits as the next book after uh, Nemesis. And then they're going to re release. Yeah. And then they're going to re release some of the other older books in um yeah library they're starting edition. with the most recent ones they're doing big game they're doing uh ambassadors one the new magic nightclub. order and then i said nightclub i think oh yeah, yeah. and nemesis reloaded whatever the sequel yes. to nemesis was they're printing that one out and they said there are going to do reprints of older stories like we'll probably yeah, reloaded we'll probably see um you know like a huck I didn't read Big Game. Don't spoil it for me. Well, I'm just using examples of characters we haven't seen in a while besides Big Game. You could see a Huck. You could see a um, a Starlight. That kind Spoiler, of everyone's in Big Game. There will be... Everyone's no, in Big no, Game except for the about, unfunny. I'm talking about who dies. I'm talking about people who die. Like I don't know who dies and if they can continue their stories. But I'm saying like characters that we haven't seen prior to Big Game could be getting sequels. Because oh, okay. Larv's like, yeah. yeah, I'm doing this now. So besides re-releasing everything, yeah, and, and it comes from Netflix, which is nuts. Yeah, that that part you told me about. I'm like, all right, yeah, he's just doing the move, whatever, blah blah. blah. And there was, I guess it was, and then you're like, oh yeah, yeah Netflix mandate, more in depth oh. article. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it was a mandate, but it was part of the exclusivity because Dark Horse publishes a lot of the Netflix stuff, like Stranger Things and and Stranger Things. <laughs> um, we yeah, see. Mark, we see Netflix on a lot of the Mark Millar books now, even on the image thing. So getting them, at least mm. for Netflix's collective brain to be settled into one place, they're like, you're moving everything to Dark Horse. And yeah, he was like, well, fine. I have to. It's in my contract. Sorry. So he finished up whatever contracts he had with Image, which did Big Game being the last. And now he's jumping towards yeah. Dark Horse. Which is crazy that which his entire catalog will be moved over as well. Makes sense. He's had a bunch of his catalogs around a few times. Brian Michael Bendis keeps doing it. We don't talk about the unfunnies yeah. unless we want to talk about the unfunnies. No, but like Brian Michael Bendis no. keeps shifting his stuff around. He brought all. He had his stuff at what Icon first was a few of his books. Then he went to Image. Then he yep. went to DC. Now he's at Dark Horse Marvel. or something. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, DC and then Dark Horse. Yeah, yeah. Icon Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah DC Marvel, with yeah. his Jinx World imprint. And then he brought all those yep. books out into Dark Horse's Jinx world. And it's just like, dude, I get it. you know. And it's awesome for – like Bendis is getting money out of this because you can reprint stuff. You can get new collections of it. You can update things. You can – opportunity to make sequels. Yeah. But like it's crazy that like you can have one book with four different publishers on it at some point. It's all creator own. That's the crazy part of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's the, the plus side. It's just the problem in the being is that he it, it's such a it it's didn't sell well. The creators, it, it but it's annoying for the, for the buyers. Not even. It's just like the problem is that it, it, what ends up happening is not all of it gets reprinted all the time. For example, like early um, powers. Early powers, for example, from uh, Bendis had it's only reprinted under Marvel's icon um, umbrella. So you have to wait for when Marvel wants to reprint it. And you're like, oh, but Ben yeah, is a Dark Horse. Dark Horse you know, but they, they, they have to get rights with them. Like It's a pain. It's pain. Yeah, it comes you down know. to whatever stipulations. It's whatever stuff that Bendis made without Marvel, I believe. It keeps getting the reprints, except for yes. one of his books he made with Icon that keeps getting Scarlet. 
American Scarlet. Carnage, one of those two books. Yeah, it's Scarlet, Scarlet. Gets... that book. Yeah, because they had one. Scarlet was an icon, and then it jumped over to Image, and then it was DC Jinx World. They reprinted it or did a sequel, and now they're doing a prequel, a Dark Horse yes, called Masterpiece. Masterpiece, which actually comes out today. Yes. Or yeah, today. Today. <laughs> so it, it's been just expanding like... the universe as that he keeps doing, and good for Bendis. Yeah. But like, it's kind of annoying. <laughs> I know. I know. And next week, oh, next week, by the way, is big game, the trade. Excellent. I'll be picking that up, even though I don't have a lot of context. <laughs> I haven't read half the books. You don't need it. You I really figured don't. I wouldn't, but I haven't read Nemesis either, so. I feel like that's kind of yeah. the book I have to read, as he's on most of read the books. Yeah, you need Nemesis, <laughs> Nemesis Reloaded, and Big Game. Yeah. It works. I mean, I do want to read everything, but at the same time, it's like I can't read some of it. Oh, I'm reading. I read it all. I, I like. I read Wanted for the show a while ago. I don't want to read Wanted ever again. I'm down. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for the sequel to Wanted. He said that they're doing a sequel to Wanted too. Well, the sequel to Wanted is big game. Like, well, no, he said there's. <laughs> he said there's another sequel to Wanted coming out for Dark Horse. That was one of the other books. It can't be. Well, he didn't say it was Dark Horse, but he said they were doing another Wanted book. How? I dude. I don't know. I don't. Right. Yeah. I. I I, well, no, it's because of how big game – when you read big game, you'll understand, like, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, but it's what Mark Millar said, so I don't know. Yeah, well – yeah. You want to cover the stuff that happened with him on Twitter or X or how hell you want to call it now? <laughs> he just – so he was uh, – so after the deal came out on, like, news outlets and stuff and Twitter was reporting it, a few Comicsgate people chimed in and was like, congrats on becoming free from the this, the man – and I'm like, dude, you're still under contract at two companies. So this other guy is like shouting him out. And then it's like, good, congrats on going solo and all this nonsense. And Mark Millar is just like praising all these other, you know, comic skating people like, thanks, bud. Good for you. You too. And it, at first it comes off, you know, like, oh, he doesn't know who the fuck these people are. He's just, but then there's a few, you know, people saying like, oh, you know, these people are like comic skate people. These people are bad, blah, blah, blah. And then Mark Millar's like, Nah, man, everybody's cool. And he just started going off on some of these people, blocking people, telling them that he's talking to comic skaters and supporting this bad in these. And I get it. Sometimes you just don't want to deal with nonsense, especially if people of on the course. internet who you don't know are whining at you. But you can't support the bad guys. You got to at least be like, my bad. I didn't know who these people were. But yeah, you again, don't want to isolate any friendships you may have. Well, also the biggest problem is that like it, it's more like the whole thing about Comicsgate and we have a whole episode about it. It's like one of our top rated episodes, top listened episodes, um, which you should yeah, go back I mean, if you don't know people, what Comicsgate is. There's a whole episode. People unseemingly canceled Howard Chang. Yeah, because he's a weird transphobe. Like, yeah, but he's literally canceled he now. had. Like people, so many promotions from his books coming out, and it's all over the place. Like Howard Jenkins, this Howard Jenkins presents this, and I'm like, isn't this guy canceled? Why are they putting his name on books? Yeah, but the difference is, the difference is, it may not be, it may be just like, like maybe an art book or like a book that he's doing. If you're getting that stuff, if you're getting ads that it's not in a comic book, it's not through Diamond, it's uh, independent. Like he's just producing it himself. Oh no, there there are some of them on because like it's not like that, and I get that, but there's some like oh, that's like Dark Horse uh, puts out count. a Chankin collection, but it's still like putting it out. It's still putting it out. 
Yeah, of course. Uh, they still put it just because people are like artists. I'm a big, quote, quote, I'm a big proprietor of that. I hate that. There are some things that that it, well, like, like there are some if you artist. No, uh, depends on how heinous the crime is. I, you know, I mean, I mean I'm like, not gonna compliment Hitler's art, but I'm not good at art, you know. And I would, you know, what I mean, like, you know, like, depends, like, you know, you know, like, you know, for me, it's and, and this is always kind of my my thing. It's not like I already like, I, so I'll use J.K. Rowling for example. So it's a little, it's a little bit offset from our normal medium, regardless of how my personal feelings are about what she she talks about, what she believes in. If I don't agree with her, don't read the stuff that that she produces. That's easy. But that doesn't then in turn ruin the stuff if you were a fan of it growing up. You know, there's a big that means you just won't support her any further. That's fine. There's a bit and that's where it's not separating the art from the artist. Mm-hmm. It goes I it, it's it's not even like I don't I won't I really want to push it because I can get to even worse people, but like, you know, if you were to, you know, regardless of what it is, it doesn't stop you from, it doesn't taint your, the stuff that you did like of that person. And then you found this out. It just means going forward, you will no longer support them. That's what you should do. Not, well, I'm going to boycott everything. That means what, you're going to burn your books? No, you're not going to do that. You know, that just means you just won't support them going forward. And, I, I, and I'm fine with that mentality. Like things like, I, if. Oh if yeah, I'm, I'm okay with not supporting going forward, but like. Like, you know, Mark Millar may get himself canceled by doing all this. I'm still going to read the stories that he wrote that I like, like Huck. Yeah. But I, you, you know, know I'm maybe not gonna... I won't get another book. I mean, I might get Huck too, but I'm not going to get, you know, other books because I don't, maybe I don't like Mark Millar after he keeps running his mouth. But, you know, I, yeah, I that's know. What it when is. it comes to comic books, I'm, I'm especially like lenient just because, and movies, because it's like, dude, it, it's not the movie, unless the director is canceled it's not everybody's fault that you know the actor decided to be an asshole you know the movie like baby driver is still a great movie it's not edgar wright's fault that a few of the people have been accused of doing bad things like you know it's not his fault that his movie is great but now it's tarnished you know well, that's but, so that's is. why like when it comes to comic book stuff you got to separate like yeah maybe howard chankin you know wrote it but the art's stellar or vice versa. Well, Maybe the writer's good, but Chan- yeah. A lot of the stuff that Howard Jenkins does, he writes in drawers and lob. The problem with Howard Jenkins. I know, Jenkins I know. I'm just using, you know, you know, Mark Millar. We'll use him. He doesn't draw. Mark Millar, like, yeah. he's got stellar artists. And maybe he yeah, gets himself canceled. I'm not going to not read those books that the awesome artists are doing just because Mark Millar yeah, says something stupid. Well, but, you also, know, I again, will grain of salt it. Especially you if it's political. Like, the big I'm thing, not gonna, no, like, I'm the biggest thing is, like, well, the whole thing is like if the whole, real whole thing ends up being things like if he was to say something racist or se- or homophobic or sexist, you know, then I just don't go forward, you know, supporting stuff. This doesn't mean I want to take every Mark Millar book off my shelf and burn them. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just means I just won't support him going forward. Yeah. Yeah, I just won't support him going forward, and that's that's how you should treat all this stuff because I like the stuff that he did beforehand. Does it then open my eyes to certain things that were in the other books? Like, well, maybe. But we'll move on from there, and we'll jump into Sony Spider-Man. Uh, Sony Spider-Man Noir TV show for Amazon Prime gets part of Netflix's showrunner Steve Lightfoot. 
Cool. Yeah, he's awesome. one of the co-producers. <laughs> one the of the other producers is somebody who's managing the um the Spider-Verse stuff over at Sony. The fact that they have a, a showrunner fills me with joy. Yeah, they have two showrunners. Good. <laughs> yeah, Stephen Lightfoot is doing, I think he's directing an episode or two, but he is producing the show as showrunner. And then the other person is writing the entire show and then being the showrunner slash co-producer. So at least they have one person writing a majority of the scripting, kind of like what Favreau and uh, Filoni do with the Star Wars stuff. So maybe the right. Spider-Man noir Peterless could be something crazy, especially if you have the Punisher showrunner, because that show was brutal. You know, you may think it's yeah. bad or good or whatever, but that show was brutal production-wise. Like, that's crazy. Oh my, 100%. Not, I, I don't like the Punisher show. Right. Yeah, Punisher show was great. Season 2 definitely fell off a little bit, but Season 1 was crazy. That's what it is, but it, it definitely is one of those, like, having them having a showrunner itself just fills me more with the this kind of like, oh, they know what they're doing. You know, the fact that like, yeah, we have a showrunner. And from a show that was very popular, that worked very well. So I can't wait. I actually can't wait for the show. Yeah. I have hope for some of I have hope for some of the Sony products. Like the Silk yeah. show could be good. Yes. This could be good. Um, I'm I don't know. I'm kind of excited for the Craven the Hunter movie, but I mostly just like Aaron Taylor Johnson. I think that's what his, that is. Um I think his acting is good, and I think his stunt stuff is good. If you watched um, Bullet Train, the stuff he was doing, most of it was him. Yes. That's crazy. Bring that energy to Craven, and I'll watch the movie. You know, The story may be dumb. They may change a lot of stuff, making him a good guy. But I think because he's, you know, he's, he's cool, he's charming, whatever. You know, I think I'll like that one. But – and, and – I like everything, but I'm talking about like I think Craven I'll enjoy just in general, even if it's terrible. But I'm a little excited for some of these. Madam Web, I don't know, man. I think I'm excited to see what happens. You know what I mean? Come on, man. You're not, so you're, the Sony you're, stuff you're, definitely has a mixed a mixed bag of emotions. But I'm excited for these for these writer for these Marvel and comic book properties to get proper showrunners because in the comic yes. book world, a showrunner is basically the writer. Yeah, pretty much. You know, like of the book, they created everything, they set everything straight, and then they have the editor change some of the dialogue. The editor would be the other writers, I guess. <laughs> yeah, most of the time. But it's very cool to see. You know, it's very cool to see what they're um gonna be putting together, especially since it's Peter Parkerless. Like, you can't really call it Spider-Man yeah. Noir if it's gonna be not Spider-Man. And I've, I believe mean, they but... said that it's not even gonna be a male protagonist; it's gonna be a female protagonist. So having Spider-Man Noir be the title and it's about like some random reporter, unless it's about them reporting on Spider-Man Noir, it's going to be very weird. I'm excited to see it, but it's going to be very weird. We'll see what happens, though. They could also just be lying. I mean, that could just be They could be like, yeah, we'll do Andrew Garfield as like a weird noir cop or something. That'd be crazy. But we'll we'll see what they end up doing with it. Like a lot of these Marvel-y shows like um, Legion – even though, like you know, it's not tied to anything, they still had Professor X in it. It wasn't; it was a whole new Professor X, but it was still cool to see, like, you know, another character, another actor play that character. So, if we get like a fourth Spider-Man and it's the live-action noir, or it's Nick Cage for some reason, like that's cool. You know, I like you yeah, don't gotta give me any face we know. Like, I'm just down to see expansions in the universe. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, and especially because Noir doesn't get as much play as you think it does. No, no, he doesn't. Like, I remember, like, reading up, reading into this Noir, Spider-Man Noir character, and he's got, like, five books. Like, maybe. 
yes, besides dude. crossovers. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's the original. It's um, what's the, the second people. one? Something about yeah, your eye or something. I have it on my shelf. I just can't see it. It's hiding yeah. behind another book. And then I believe there was a Battle World Noir book, and then Spider Verse crossovers. Yeah, no, there wasn't no Noir Spider Verse. Oh no, my, uh, it might be actually Secret Wars and Plan. I think he made an appearance in Secret Wars, but yeah, either way, like Noir gets not as many, not as much play as you think he does. No, not absolutely, not at all. Yeah, it's crazy to see that though, because uh, I'm a big like, like the design is cool and the Nick Cage performance is fun. But, like, talk about a little overhyped for being in two books. <laughs> it happens. It's just a fan favorite. No, I, I, I'm aware of hypey characters. I love, I mean, even though there's no hype around Weapon H, I love Weapon H, but he's been in three books. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I know. I know. Sorry, yawn. But, uh, yeah, um, what yeah. is next? Are you ready to move on to the next bit? Yeah. Talking about some some casting for our Lord and Savior DCU, you know? The Savior? <laughs> yeah. Well, not, not James Gunn. The DCU itself. Lord and Savior for DC movies, you know? <laughs> we'll see how yeah, that yeah. turns out. Yeah. yeah, James Gunn. There's more casting coming out about the DCU. We don't know whether or not this actor and character, what project they're going to be in. Probably Superman Legacy at this point. Or maybe even yeah, a voice or something. But Sean Gunn has been cast as Maxwell Lord in James sure. Gunn's DCU. He's already played yeah. Calendar Man and uh, Weasel. I think that's what it's mean, is, right? The big Weasel monster. He looks movie. apart. Yeah, Weasel. Yeah. Um, he does he look like apart? Maxwell Lord. Yeah. yeah. He's a white guy. You know. <laughs> yeah, dude. Try a white guy. Yeah, and. And Sean Gunn, like, I feel like a lot of people, besides this Nepo thing we're going to talk about, and nepotism in general, um, oh, yeah. Jack Quaid's mom, I forget who Jack Quaid's mom is, she's more famous than Jack Quaid, but Jack, Jack Quaid's mom <laughs> for nepotism, um, who's his mom? I want to say it's Meg Ryan, it is Meg Ryan, Meg Ryan came out and said something the other day um, about Jack Quaid, and like, hey, stop calling him a Nepo baby, he works really hard and he's a good actor, and I'm like, he is a good actor. And it sucks that he's a nepo baby because he's good at his job. <laughs> and well, the whole but thing when it comes to uh, Sean Gunn, a lot of people are like, "Well, he's <laughs> just gonna fuck it up. He's stupid." I'm like, Sean Gunn has been in more things than just comedies. He's mostly known for, I want to say, Gilmore Girls. Yes, that's and what he's known. He for. does, yeah, Gilmore Girls. I mean, he, and yes, sir, it's a comedy, but it's not like a James Gunn raunchy comedy, you know? <laughs> no, no. But it's a comedy, nonetheless, and that's the biggest problem oh, that yeah, you're yeah, gonna run yeah. into. And I get the the whole nepo baby hey, thing. Hey, give him a like role he... that he could be in multiple like things. You can kill him off in a crossover or in a Wonder Woman movie, and then you know you well, can get some serious acting roles behind him. Well, that's the whole thing that, and, and that's why even Zachary Levi's thing makes sense. Is the fact that like, is he a nepo baby? Not really. Yeah, no, no. no. Zachary Levi did not call him a nepo baby. I no, know. Zachary Levi was talking with, I want to say, Brandon something from comicbook.com. He's that dude with the beard and the red hair that does all the interviews. He yeah. does stuff as Condiment King. You've seen him before. Um, he was doing an interview with Zachary Levi about uh, probably Shazam because it's the best thing that Zachary Levi loves to talk about. Um, but it was probably whatever he's promoting now. I think he's in another football movie. Oh no! I'm sorry. He's in the new Spy Kids movie. He was um, talking about um, he was talking about Spy Kids with this guy, and they were saying that James uh, Sean Gunn is hired in James Gunn's DCU. And then Zachary Levi comments 
saying, well, yeah, when your family member or brother, you know, runs the whole show, of course, you're going to get hired on to do whatever, you know, of course, you're going to have a job. And he's not so, wrong. Like, it's just I that get, I get where he's coming from. But like, come on, man. I mean, no, I think it was just taken out of context. But even but even that, even even as a joke, he's not wrong because what ends up happening is like, oh, he's if not wrong, wrong. But you know, I hope he's not being malicious. I, I don't think no, no, I don't, I don't think he's being malicious at all. I don't think it's, I don't, I don't think it's in malice. Either. I think, you know, because he, it, it also came after another question that um, I, I want to call him Brandon or Josh or something. Um, that you know, it, it spitballed out of another conversation that kind of got them a little amped up, like we get sometimes, not like in any negative emotion, just like sometimes we're energized. Of and so I think he was energized. I think he was charged when he said it. So it came off as a little insulting, but I think it was just like, yeah, uh, like as an observation, like, of course you're going to be in a movie that your brother is making. You've been in yeah, all the other ones. Like, why wouldn't you be in yeah, this next why one? Yeah, why wouldn't it be yeah. any different? And that's the whole thing. Like, it, it's and, not and, like, you know. And people are reacting that Maxwell, like it's Maxwell Lord. Like the last time we got Maxwell Lord, he was this God tier intimidating character. Like, don't get me wrong. Pedro was fine, but Pedro was Dr. Psycho. And I will die on that. Yes. Yeah. I'm with you. You know that. Like, yeah, it, it's like not... maybe we get another Maxwell Lord and maybe he's worse or maybe he's better or maybe he's not utilized in the way you're thinking. Or maybe he's Maxwell. Yeah. Uh, Lord Senior or some shit, and then like he's just in flashbacks, and the real Max Lord is gonna be somebody who's not Sean Gunn. I don't know, but this well, character could just be a foil to um Amanda Waller. So Viola Davis, yeah. like you don't have to be, you know, in every single movie to be Maxwell Lord. You could pop up in a few cameos and then be in like a Blue Beetle movie or something. And that's all. So like again, also going back to the Sean Gunn thing, this isn't like, the first time like. James Gunn puts Sean in a movie. You know what I mean? It's not like the first time. Oh, yeah, this time is like the fifth happened. time. He's in like all the other movies, like I said before. Yeah, so that's like, 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 reacting to it like it's like unheard news. It'd be weird if he didn't put Sean in the movie. Yeah, like I think like Zachary Levi doesn't – I mean he knows enough about comic books to talk about Shazam confidently, but he might not know about every other character that's putzing around like Maxwell Lord. Like right. I don't think he was commenting on Maxwell Lord like – because like I said, Maxwell Lord could be a nothing character in these movies. He could be huge, but he's always fated to die. So – I know, yeah. You know, he could be in one movie. He could get killed in the Authority uh, movie. He could get killed in Superman Legacy by the Authority at the beginning. You know, he could be nothing. But of course Sean is going to get a, a, a role. I would have liked him maybe as like Parasite or like Metallo. Because then well, you know he could be a he could be a weird villain, and he loves doing all that physical stuff, like with the like you could give him physical metal parts on him, or you could make him like you know kind of sickly and purpley, like how Polka Dot Man David Desmalchian had like those like when he was throwing up polka dots, like he had that prosthetics on. You do something yeah. crazy with a parasite prosthetic, for example, which was Sean Gunn. But I'm excited to see him do serious if that's the way they're going with Maxwell Lord. Yeah, it's fine. Like I said, it, it's very much like it's a move that it's it's not an unsurprising move. Where it's like, oh, James Gunn hired Sean in this movie, and the fact I think the only reason why people are reacting is that it's Maxwell Lord, and you're right. I think because people thought, yeah, but I only think DC people are complaining about, like, not DC people, uh, comic book people are complaining that it's Maxwell Lord. But you know, like I was saying, with 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 being the foil to Amanda Waller, if. Like Sean Gunn is always on set for these Suicide Squad things. 
because he's usually doing like mocap stuff or voice work or he's a background character. Like he was mocap for yeah. uh, Weasel and then he was background yeah. for uh, Calendar Man. So maybe he's, you know, Calendar Man's not important and Weasel is just a voice, you know, and the mocap. But, you know, if you're only going to put Weasel in Creature Commandos, it's only a voice now. So if you have Sean Gunn on set on the Suicide Squad movie or Peacemaker Season 2 or something, why not make him Maxwell Lord a foil to, you know, have Checkmate be Peacemaker's, like, Checkmate's trying to hire Peacemaker or something. It's not even that. Like, it doesn't have to be, like, Maxwell Lord. It could be Pedro's version where he's, like, kind of weird. Well, no, 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 no. It's the, the, it's not that. It, It doesn't matter. It's the fact that people, it's, so Maxwell Lord itself is not that big of a character. Comic book fans know that. He's not. That, that was the whole joke about yeah, him but being so, but, in well, it's those, it's those comic book fans that yeah, it's those comic book fans that aren't big into I mean that was we've talked about it. It's the comic book yeah. fans that aren't huge into comic books that think they are. Like they just watch the cartoons and see this character or or have just read the big event but, books and have seen Maxwell Lord like this guy killed him. He's not though. Wonder he's Wonder not Wonder in those yeah. event books. But yeah. He's not. Yeah, he's like a nothing. He was in, he's, he, he sets he's up a lot of events. <laughs> no, he was. No, he doesn't. He was in one event book, and it was Infinite Crisis when he dies. That's it. He was not in any other event. Any other event book? Oh no, sorry, I lied. He was in Blackest Night when they resurrected all the dead people. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> he's not that big of a character. Like, he's not that. He's never been that big of a character. It was the Wonder Woman movie that made him a big character. That they were like, oh, it's because Wonder Woman oh, killed him too. Well, no, no. They made it should have been Doctor Psycho, but it's because it would have been so good if it was Doctor Psycho. <laughs> but Maxwell Lord, they were like, oh, well, Maxwell Lord is actually a Wonder Woman villain, and and we all know he's not. He's not a Wonder Woman villain. He's not even a Blue Beetle he's villain. Only, he's, he's, he's only a, he's only a Wonder Woman villain because Wonder Woman kills him. Yeah, and the only reason why, and and before that, is he, he a was Justice League or a Batman villain. No, he is a justly international kind of bad guy because at one point he was just Maxwell Lord, good guy, philanthropist, that fun of the Justice League, becomes um, oh, this, Dr. Havoc. Is this, the international, is this the international run that has Blue Beetle on it? Yes, it's the Blue Beetle. Then you can, then you can, then you can, say, he's a blue, you can say he's a Blue Beetle villain because he's introduced yeah. in Justice League International on the Blue Beetle team. Like as the yeah. as the foil, and then he kills Blue Beetle. No, sure. he's the I'd, no, he's a financier. He's he he's the I'd say that Maxwell Lord is more of a Blue Beetle villain than he is a Wonder Woman villain at the very. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, he's a Justice League villain. If you want to get to the brass tacks, but I think if yeah. you're comparing the two solo heroes, he's definitely more of a Blue Beetle villain. Like I could see Sean Gunn popping up in Blue Beetle two or three or the reboot of yeah. one or whatever they end up doing with Blue yeah. Beetle. Yeah, but whatever. Like, like, it doesn't matter. What... That. Yeah. I don't care where where Sean Gunn shows up. I think the problem is I think people don't understand the Maxwell Lord character enough to be like, and they're only saw from Wonder Woman, this Wonder Woman movie, and they think he's this big villain and he's not. You know, that'd be like saying, uh, Namor is this big Marvel universe villain when like he's really not. He's more of an anti-hero Namor's than he barely, is a villain. Yeah, he's barely a villain. He was introduced you know I mean? as a good guy. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, but they're like, oh, well, I saw in Black Panther 2 that he was a bad guy. Like, no, he's really kind of nobody. Like, he's barely a villain. He's barely an Mm anti-hero. He's just like a a selfish prick. (laughs) I was like, what happened? But yeah, so let's move on to our 
topic. We are talking about the yeah. boys season three. Finally, thanks to Hunter finally catching up. And of course, we were supposed to make this a Gen V and Diabolic add-on, but which I Hunter think I think it's funny. It follows in suit. Like last week, we were like, "I'm definitely going to watch Gen V." We're going to talk about both of them, and then in true Hunter fashion, I just didn't end up watching more episodes. I got busy last week into this week, and I end I only ended up doing Diabolical and the boys. So we'll do Gen V at some other point. Our schedule's kind of getting pretty packed um, when it comes to the end of the year into early next year, especially with all these fucking spoiler casts that we have to do to cover some of this nonsense. Not that we have to, but, you know. So, yeah, I did fall behind on Gen V, but it's in suit with, you know, the rest of the show. We'll do it next year. <laughs> yeah, all right. When Gen-, Gen V season two comes out. Yeah, or when the boys season four comes out, we'll talk about Gen V. Yes. But we are going to talk about the boys season three, uh, which originally which originally came out in June and July of twenty twenty two. Oh my mm-hmm. god, it's been that long. Yeah, man, we're two. We're a year behind. I gotta keep it consistent. We got it. We squeaked it out right before the year's end. I'm like a year behind usually. <laughs> but also, we'll add on to this. We are going to talk about diabolical also. It just just briefly because uh, you know I'm here and I just watched it. Well, I watched it yeah, like exactly. a month ago. But yeah, so before we get into the boys season, we're talking about Diabolical animated anthology episodes. There's eight of them. Three of them are canon, so we'll mostly just talk about those ones. The three that are canon are... Ah, crap. I just had them pulled up. It's um, the Nubia one. Yes. Uh, Nubia versus Nubian, I think is what it is. Yes, it is. Uh, it is the Homelander's origin episode, which I wish... Which is the final episode of Diabolical. Which is 1 plus 1 equals 2. And then yes. the other canon episode is episode... Six. It's the last three episodes that are canon. Episode 6, Nubian versus Nubian. Episode 7, John versus Sunhi. And then 1 plus 1 equals 2, which is the last episode of Homelander's origin. Those are the three that are considered canon. All the other ones are either not specifically said or very heavily non-canon. Like Iron yeah. Pusher, which is directly from the boys' comic books, and you even yeah. have Simon Pegg voicing Huey and um, Jason Isaacs voicing uh, Butcher, which when they were supposed to do an original boys thing, he was cast as Billy back in the day. Yes, he was. So it's cool that it's yeah, it's cool that like the un like the unofficial thing got you know pushed to fruition with that um, little one shot episode. But yeah, I mean, they were all pretty good. The animation varied on each one, kind of like Star Wars of Visions. My, my favorite episode was The Pusher, only because the art style was great, and because I liked the idea of the comic book universe getting an animated show or an animated, you know, acknowledgement. Like, look, this exists. Yeah, and that's what I think of, is like... the canon ones, cool. though, my favorites, 1 plus 1 equals 2. Love me some Homelander. <laughs> of course. Love me some Homelander. So- uh, 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 what's his name dale or something who's uh who's uh, uh mm's uh step uh daughter's stepdad what's his name that's me oh that dickhead <laughs> i wouldn't call him a dickhead oh i forgot so his so name mean. i, I want it's like dale or something it's so basic i'm pulling it up now it's who will okay. be in season three's casting list yes he will um, be um so, with on the plus side is while he's doing that, I'll give him credit. Uh, <laughs> sorry, there was a. Uh... Anyway, sorry. 
Um, in the boys franchise, this is a perfect time for this this Austin Conference episode with the end of Gen V season one out and season four coming out next year. This is kind of a cool add-on for you guys to get refreshed into the series of the boys and the world of the boys. Uh, go back and see our season one and season two coverage in earlier episodes. Uh, and then this, if you want to cover all the boys with us uh, and now Diabolical with this one. But also the boys franchise has um, also coming up boy, the boys Mexico, Gen V, um, Seven on Seven, which is their web series, uh, which ties into this while Hunter continues to look up stuff, um, which is kind of like in the world of the boys, it's kind of like their TikTok, uh, Instagram, like reels, like little mini stuff that they show that's set in the boys' universe. Um, and also the Screwtex, uh, Screwtex Death Battle is also kind of pseudo canon to this. They've explained like something that happened in one of the shows. Is canon to it, uh, the episode that was sponsored by the boys, um, by, um, sorry, by Amazon Prime. They made that part of the boys' universe. Oh, his name is yeah, Todd. Well, he's played by Matt, oh. he's played by Matthew Gorman. Oh, there you go. Yeah. But like I said, this is a great time to go back, you know, go back, rewatch the show, and then listen to this episode. So you get some of the, the knowledge, some of the stuff we're talking about going into, um, next season. Uh, we will not talk about clearly <coughs> Gen V, um, but yeah, we'll talk about all of season three, and uh, next year we'll have another eight episodes of uh, The Voice. So yeah, this takes place season four. I forget when they said it was going to stop, but we, I think they said another three seasons. Uh, something like that, three or five, something, yeah, yeah, some yeah. stupid number. Yeah. We're we're running up to the end. I mean, Gen V will definitely be a nice break in between, but we're we're running up on the end of the boys in the next few years. So it's crazy to see where they're going, yeah. especially because, uh, getting to tiny bit of spoilers, a butcher only has like six months to live. Yes. So unless they rectify that, seven, uh, four seasons. Uh, I'm sorry, three seasons. No, it is four seasons because it's four, five, six, seven. Four seasons are gonna be. You know, take place in between six months. <laughs> I know. Unless they rectify it. Or if they kill him early and then it's the other characters. But I think, I mean, the cast is all good and they all carry. But I think if Carl yeah, Urban doesn't agree. show up anymore, I, I think the show is dead in the water. You know, oh, I think I'm they sorry. could finish it out. But for some reason, if, like, they kill him off or if he chooses not to come back, then I think the show will be done after that season. But, you know, if they have six months in canon for him to live and four seasons to do, Plus Gen V, that takes yeah. place in timeline. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> Exciting to see where we're going from there. But, but we got a little bit ahead of ourselves. Let's let's jump back. Episode 17, Season 3, Episode 1 is called Payback. So we're yes. getting right so back this... into it. It's been a year after Stormfront. Yes. That, that, that's, you know, yes. so we're in the midst of all this Nazi stuff. Vod is trying to, you know... Um, rebrand themselves they're trying to fix everything they're also filming the justice league movie that they're doing the rise of the seven or well, they, had to re- they had to redo it because of this the yeah stuff they had to stormfront reshoot all of it and they had to shoot around stormfront they cast somebody else to play stormfront in the thing it was crazy it was fun and they made her a bad guy in it it was really it's it's mm-hmm. funny how fast they were able to like fix things and try to play with the idea about oh, everything they've going. been doing it for so long I love how manufactured the show's superheroes are, and obviously that's the, oh, yeah. the whole idea that Morrison was trying to get across. I'm sorry, Ennis was trying to get across when he was doing The Boys, but like, it's cool to see it like modern day, 
like with actors and oh, like yeah. visually. Very cool to be like, oh, this is so corporate. It's hilarious. And the VOT Twitter account like tweets all the time about and it's in canon. Like, oh, we, we swear that everything happening at, at the Godkin or Godolin College is totally okay. Everything's fine. And it's just like, okay. Like the Twitter account gets it. They're going pretty hard with all this marketing. I think that's why the boys oh, are yeah. you know, so popular. Yeah. It's also really cool well, how in – this first episode also introduces the idea of payback, which is the Avengers quote unquote team, uh, the homage team in the boys universe, uh, which is where Homelander. I wouldn't say um, it was the. Um, I wouldn't say it was the Avengers. It is. It's supposed to be would, payback as the analog to. Um, I would say it's. The, it's I would say it's uh, the invaders. No, it's the Avengers. Uh, in the so in the comics, so if you look at the lineup for uh, minusing um, Black Noir, um. The team of Payback has the Spider Kid, has the Magic Girl, which is a parody of Scarlet Witch, Soldier Boy, which is a parody of Captain America, uh, Black Moon Noir, which is a parody of a mix between Moon Knight and Batman, or Nighthawk. Um, and Black Widow. Yeah, they're supposed, to, they're supposed to be Payback. Oh, the Avengers, sorry. Yeah, but, but the Payback in that the, is in this comes more off as the Invaders. In my well, opinion. not really. Not really. The show, they it's, just got Cap, it's got Bucky. It's got a magic user. It's got a flying guy. And then it's got Batman because they needed Black Noir to be there. And the Spider Kid. Yeah, they're all – that's from – spider, The Spider The spider Kid's not in the on, on in the show. It's some fly guy, and he gets blown up. Is he – well, that's what some they, guy can fly. That's there. Well, yeah, because the other character, like Stormfront, is – um. In the comic book, is a male and is analog to Thor. Oh payback. yeah, I know, I know. They switched stuff. Same up, thing, like Tech Nine is in, like Tech Nine is in um, Gen V, and he's on the payback team. You know, mm-hmm. they they just chose payback because they look they're the closest, easier analog to go with, especially for this in Vietnam. <laughs> in Vietnam, um. But yeah, no, it's good. It's really cool. And that's also where you can see Mallory's early days and kind of why she doesn't like like the soups. Yeah, and you also get yeah. to see um, some some cool black noir stuff that ties into the later stuff in the season. Yes, his or like his like weird. Yeah, the life. episode we're talking about is episode three, by the way. It's uh the Bar Barbary Coast. That's where they get into the Nicaragua. Um That's where it is, not Vietnam. Yeah. Sorry. Well it's during it's during the Cold War and then, you know, it it just plays into all of it. Yeah, and then you see, like, yeah, that's episode three. Um, because between episodes one and two is that they found out about Soldier Boy, and they start the boys start investigating Soldier Boy's death, and they find out it was all fake. That's what it is. Yeah, they go. You also find out we get a cool, we get a fun Seth Rogen appearance. <laughs> yes, as a weird dude that jerks off to her. <laughs> Yeah, and then we have uh, Gunpowder, which is the sidekick. Gunpowder uh, gets killed by Butcher when he uses uh, a dose of V24. Yes. So they introduce Temporary V as an option, and Huey gets into it as well later on in the season. He gets yes. teleporting powers, but his clothes pop off, which I think is pretty funny. Also, Anybody's Tem- clothes pop off if they get teleported, but... Yes. Um, also, Temp V exists in the comic books. Um, the boys oh, yeah, use it all the time in the comic books. 
It's just yeah, not. The, no, I was gonna say like in the comic books, I remember it being like a whole thing because the idea is they're not strong enough to beat up these superheroes, but if they take the temp V, kind of like Injustice, they can go toe to toe with these guys. So then they make them pay for what they've done by getting a taste of their own medicine. But in the, in the TV show, they don't do this until season three, and they just figure out cool-ass ways to kill these shitty-ass superheroes. Like putting exactly. a bomb in the impenetrable guy's – the invisible guy's got impenetrable skin, so we put a bomb inside of him. Like that's cool like nonsense to do instead of just taking oh, yeah. a drug and punching a hole through him, you know? <laughs> What's good, though? Like, I but like as, it as you kill off some of the characters that aren't Homelander, it's tough to be like, how do they take down Homelander? Introduce the temp V that's in the comic books – and then show the audience on TV like, oh, this is something in play now as it, when it wasn't before. So that's very cool. No, that's good. Yeah. Sorry, I'm looking I think at it's good uh, placement, honestly. Of course. It's it good. Again, again, a good rebranding of a concept that they use all the time in the comic book, but reimagine and adapted for the TV show. You know what I mean? So we jump from episode three to episode four. Uh, where you meet little Nina. Um, in the comic book, little Nina is fucking wild. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. She's the um, she's the Russian lady, right? Yeah. Yeah, she's the I one. Mean, who... So Frenchy is he actually Russian or is he French who pretended to be Russian? Because they call him Sergey. Sergey yeah, is not a French Russian. name, right? No, he's Russian in the show. He's just Frenchy in the comic book. Well, um, he's French in the comic book too. I mean, he's French yeah, in the TV show too. But like, has he always been a French character, or is he like in the comic book? He's always just kind of left open, like you don't know his background. Well, his name is Frenchy, so you're just like, okay, yeah, Serge. I'm sorry, not Sergey, Serge. Yeah, and yeah, so he it might just be another part of his past that we just don't know no, so about. I guess That's it's Sergey pronounced weird. Yeah, yeah. it's oh, them. In the television series. Yeah, Tomer Campone. Trace Frenchy. This version's real name is Sergey. Brought into Mallory service after a botched job. Yeah. Blah blah blah. Okay. Yeah. So he's it's still unclear, but I guess Sarah could be a um or Sergey. He's also pretending to be French name. He also might, he's also probably pretending to be French because that was undercover. Um. That again, very I mean, that'd be an interesting thing to pop in later and be like, I'm actually Russian. <laughs> you know, but that's the whole thing. That was, that was fine. They they they. <laughs> They did a good job with it as a, a cover-up as, like, again, rebranding. And this is a big thing. And this is just kind of a, a big thing I like about the boys' series as a whole is that mm-hmm. they take little pieces and they reimagine and update them for the show. And it makes it, it makes it a lot better, um, yeah. this being one of them. French is just kind of a, 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 a play on the French sidekick from old spy movies. Um yeah. And this one, they make him more of a character. I like him a lot in this. And uh, the little Nina story is kind of a highlight of it. Really, this season is more of a highlight of um, of Frenchie, MM, um, and I want to say the girl, but that's her name in the it's show. The female. The female, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. In the, the, the show, her name is Kimiko. Thank you. I couldn't remember her name in the show. Um, they have a bigger highlight this season only because like Huey had left and he's trying to take down um, uh, Newman while working for her. Um, you have Annie who's joined the boys kind of, you know, and Butcher who's with them, but also like wants to do his own thing. And he starts taking Comrade B 
to kind of go toe to toe with them and he's losing his shit, you know, while MM, Kimiko and Frenchie are trying to do it the old way and try not to die in the process while, while Huey and, and Butcher are kind of on a death wish because of the things they've done. And it's really cool to see that. And, I, and again, going back to the little Nina stuff, it was a cool highlight episode for Frenchie as a character. They get to know him, you know, a little bit deeper. Little Nina is a psychopath in the comic and in the show. Um, I mean, she's kind of a psychopath, yeah, in the show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in the comic, there's there's more dildos involved in the comic book. Um, I believe it. <laughs> that's how she dies. That's how they kill her in the comic book. They use the exploding dildo. I wouldn't be surprised if they end up doing that in the next season or the season after that. Don't, I thought they killed her in season three. Uh, not to my knowledge. You just watched season three. Yeah, but I didn't remember seeing them kill her. Well, no, you were, you would know her exploding dildo. <laughs> well, I if they killed her a different way, but no, I don't think she dies. That's fair. Let me see if I can find her on the call sheet to see if she does die. But I don't remember her dying. Anyway, I'll move on. Mm-hmm. Um, they they end up going. To, they end up meeting Little Nina because they have to get to Russia because that's where uh, Soldier Boy is being stored. They end up freeing Soldier Boy, which brings him to the forefront of the story. That's played by Justin Eccles, who is amazing as Soldier Boy. I fucking love his character. It's a complete oh, departure. From, yeah, dude, it's a complete departure from the comic book, which is fine with me. Um, Soldier Boy only had like two panel appearances total, really, in um, the boys' book, and they made it a whole big thing in here, and it's really great. Again, taking a small thing and making it bigger, <laughs> that's what the show has been doing great. Um, yeah, she's not dead in the TV show yet. Oh, God. Um, but yeah, so they end up taking her and um, taking Soldier Boy back to the United States. At the same time, this is the end of Edgar Wright. Wright's power in uh, Bart as Newman portrays him to the secretary. Uh, oh, Edgar Wright, conference. it's Stan Edgar. Edgar yeah, Wright Edgar. is the director. Is the exactly. director and stuff. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, you know, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Newman portrays him and kind of gives him up as like the bad guy, like the guy behind the scenes that was doing it, even though it's her. Duh. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then we have some more A-Train stuff that no one cares about. Uh, I kind of like the A-Train story in this one, actually. I'll, I'll talk about it briefly since you didn't seem to like it that much. In season yeah. three, A-Train's trying to get himself back to running again because of all the drugs that fucked up with his heart. So he's trying to become popular again without running. So he's trying to rebrand himself. He ends up trying to go a little too hard into the black culture, which he does not truly connect with. He ends up talking to his brother who tells him that there is this character named Blue Hawk. Um, we'll just touch his storyline as we go because we won't come back to it. He pops up throughout the whole season, him and Blue Hawk. But uh, Blue Hawk ends up getting his brother Nathan paralyzed, A-Train's brother. Yes. And then A-Train kills him and then during Herogasm, and then they give him a heart transplant so then he can run again. That's the A-Train story. I think it's a very interesting story for A-Train because now he is undeserved of this heart. His brother yes. disowns him. He's undeserved of this second chance. Because, I mean, to be fair, Blue Hawk definitely deserved it. But, well, he did. you know, that, that's <laughs> not the way, you know, his, bro- his brother wouldn't have wanted that, that. He literally said that. Like, that's not the way that superheroes should be acting, blah, blah, blah. So he's got this second chance, 
and he's even betrayed like so this they introduce his other character supersonic who is Sonic, Danny's yeah. boyfriend i think he's another speedster he's like a justin yes. timberlake character he's, he's like in an old boy band and uh, he ends up joining the resistance against homelander but then a train uh turns on him so then a train oh, not yeah. only yeah, not only undeserving of that because he killed someone for it, he's also undeserving of a second chance because he got someone else killed for being a narc. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're right. That is the A-Train story of the season. So I think A-Train, I, th- I think you're sleeping on A-Train. I mean, you watched it a year ago. Yeah. You watched well, it no, a year and a half that... ago when it came out, so. I forgot you know. that was the A-Train story. I was like, I forgot. I, now, I the A-Train the story is very good in this season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I think A Train's growing on me as a character. I hated him at the beginning because you're supposed to, but then like this yeah. season really made me go. You know what? He's. I mean, I still hate the Deep though, but the Deep is I mean, that guy. Yeah. So you, you love to hate yeah. the Deep. <laughs> I love his stupid, his stupid. His I love his fucking um, sinister wife. Like she's like telling him what to do, and then she like makes her own book because like he sucks. That's so good. God, dude, it's funny because you. The deep storyline is funny in this. <laughs> you're supposed to hate him. You're supposed to hate the deep. The deep sucks. He fucks fish or whatever. You know, he's supposed to suck. <laughs> so, um, so let's go back to the cold, the cold war. Let's go back to the soldier boy stuff, as that is the main storyline. They're trying to get a homelander killer weapon, and they think yes. the weapon that killed soldier boy could kill homelander. They find out soldier boy is not actually dead, so they say, "Fuck it, we'll just use soldier boy to kill." Homelander. Homelander. And then they realize that Homel- uh, Soldier Boy can actually do it because he's got these radiation powers from hanging out in Chernobyl a bunch and getting experimented on. So not only is he strong enough to defeat Homelander, he could do it with relative ease, even though it does cause a big explosion. So they figure out a way to do it, blah, blah, blah. So they pick up and resuscitate slash, you know, well, no, I guess they don't. They find him in the city after he, after he blows a hole in a wall and runs away. Yeah. And then uh, they, Huey's already trying. Yeah, Huey's already trying to tempt V now, so they're all running around having fun. And then it was where he tries it for the first time. I'm sorry. And then yes. he starts using it over and over again. And then come episode six, the gang's all together. Yes, because you know, MM is back on the team. Edgar's already departed. Ashley Barrett is setting up as being the CEO while Homelander's in charge, but she's obviously super stressed about it. She's pulling her hair out. This is where Adrian's yes. brother dies in episode. Uh, not dies. Uh, gets paralyzed in episode five. Yes, you have the fact that um, this is where also episode six is herogasm. Yeah, right after and... this is herogasm. That's where. So the um, besides you know, Soldier Boy going to kill his payback squad for you know essentially fucking him up um and banding they banned him yeah this does go hand in hand with it um they kill crimson countess and then they go get the tnt twins who are hosting herogasm so herogasm james (laughs) the tv show is different from the comic books right you want to go into that yes very different very very different i mean still a bunch of superheroes having sex but yes not as big as crazy as the book makes it. No, because um, when, when you told me about Herogasm, it was Comic Con, but with superheroes having sex. And when I yes. what I watched in the show was just an orgy with a bunch of B listers. So you, you want to talk Friday. about more of that? Yes. So um, <laughs> in the book, <laughs> so <laughs> so in the book, Herogasm is kind of what the heroes call 
their getaway. So it's kind of a vacation for them. So what they'll do is they'll claim there's a crisis level type of event. And they're like, all right, all the heroes are like, all right, we're all, we all have to leave Earth to stop whoever. I forgot the, in the book they give an example of this bad guy. Um, yeah, it's Thanos. <laughs> something, Dr. Something and like his Armageddon yeah. clan and like, oh, we see him beyond Jupiter, so we have to go get him. And so they all fly up in the sky and everyone like watches these heroes leave or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And it's not just the seven. It's every hero is at Hero Gas. Yeah, it, it's everybody. And when you're there, it's just an orgy of like superheroes, fucking prostitutes and them, each other and like – um. The, the vice president's involved there. The, the, the whole thing. Yeah, I think the, the reason why they, for the TV stuff, real life reasons, I think the real life reason on why they chose not to do, I mean, one, budget, but two, I think they didn't want to give off Epstein Island vibes. I was just about to say that. It's yeah, I, very I was, I was, kind of, yeah, kind of reminiscent. I mean, not exactly. It's a bunch of superheroes no, doing no, ungodly no. things to each other and, and to prostitutes. Uh, to my knowledge, I haven't read it. To my knowledge, there's no kids. But uh, no, I don't no. think they wanted to have that, that like sex island in the uh, show, so they decided to do as like a big pathetic superhero orgy with a bunch of the BCD listers. But I think that's kind of better, especially with the world laid out in the show. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. I think what it does is like because um, there are superheroes the... that are losers. Yeah, but even but even um, Soldier Boy says it in the show where he slept with um, Liberty at. Uh, hero gasm. Well, I when mean, he went, uh, so the the way, the way that they imply it is that hero gasm was cool back in the day, but nowadays yeah. it's just some event that some people hold. Like I think Butcher says it. Butcher goes like, "Oh, back in the day they used to be fucking crazy, but now it's just some fucking twats in a house," you know? <laughs> yeah, and that's pretty much what it is. And it does show like how. Like the teen t twins are hosting it and holding it because it's like a memory for them, while they yeah. But also, they they're I mean, the paybacks were kind of a famous. They were an A list team before they became obscure because of the Soldier Boy stuff. So them hosting it's kind of like honorary. It's like oh shit, these well, guys are hosting it. These guys are OG. Well, they're hosting it because it's like for them. It goes back to when they were younger and they they meant oh, something. Oh yeah, to yeah. While the seven now are that's who is there. You know that's yeah. why you're not gonna have like. Black Noir there, or like who, and even when Homelander does show up in Hero Gasm, he burns it to the ground. Oh, no, no. The books are in the the show. In the show, he shows up um, and then Soldier Boy starts fighting him. I believe Homelander shows up because he's told Butcher's going to be there. That's what it is. I I forget exactly why Homelander shows up, but he shows up because the protagonists are hunting him. Oh no, I think he finds out that uh Soldier Boy is his dad and he goes, you know, I'm gonna be here, fucking come get me, and then they do that confrontation. I think that's what it is. Ends up being. Does it say it in the notes? I'm checking right Actually, now. Soldier in the Russian Soldier Boy accidentally released the blast from the building killing twenty of the mobile guests. Soldier Boy. Well, he's talking. And as, as Hunter even said, and it, it does make sense that Herogasm isn't this big, crazy event, um, even outside of a bunch of reasons, because one, the amount of nonsense that you would have to film is wild, and second of all, it really is kind of better for, again, taking something that's different and changing, taking something from the comic and just altering it a little bit, it's still, at the end of the day, it's still Herogasm, it's just not this yeah. 
audacious showing of like sex and violence, you know, in one sitting, it's, it's just still a regular soup orgy. It's just it's it's played for laughs instead of like this because so orgasm in um orgasm in the comics is the setup for the next um the the pretty much the final story. It's where the uh the vice president dies. It's it's where they kind of set up the fact that Homeland is going to take over the the United States stuff like that. Like that doesn't happen here. You know. It really is just a, a cool thing. Also, again, the um, the fight between Homelander and Soldier Boy is great because it's better than what happens between Soldier Boy and Homelander in the comic. So, <laughs> yeah. you do you want to know what what happens with Soldier Boy and 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 Homelander in the comic book during Herogasm? Sure. Do they fuck? Yes. Excellent. We'd love to see it. <laughs> It's, and Soldier Boy's like, it's not gay if we have sex. He goes, he goes, no, because that that will get you on the seven. He goes, oh, thank you. <laughs> He's like, oh, fucking sweet. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, this book is wild. Yeah. Anyway, I, I just, I think, I think we talked about it before. I can't read the comic book. I like the show too much that I think the comic book will ruin it, or vice versa, because because the comic book was made in like fucking two thousand three, I think. And it, yeah. it's just so like if you think the movie, I mean, the movie, if you think the TV show is over the top, the comic book is even worse and raunchier yeah. and gross. Yeah. And like, I just, I'd rather myself. just watch the show at this point. Like, I like the actors. I like you know the portrayal. I just, to be fair, I watched the show before I read the books, but I've seen some of the books and I've read some of the books. Eh, I'm good on the show. Yeah, I haven't fully read the comic book. Maybe I will eventually, but. For right now, I like this. I don't want to spoil anything besides like what I know based off just pop culture. Like, of course. Awareness of the comic book. Uh, Dear Becky, because I read some of that. Yeah. So, yeah, so we move on. on so from, from Herogasm, yeah, episode seven, here comes a candle to light your uh, – yeah, to light you to bed. This is actually like the, full, the bigger noir story. So in the background, noir has been um, kind of buddies with – I don't know how he's been around this long. Maybe he's just super old. He's been buddies with Homelander since day one, but he's been mute ever since the explosion during uh, Nicaragua. Nicaragua. So he's just been kind of the silent friend to Homelander. We finally find out what his whole thing is after we see him get uh, fucked up during the Cold War and mutilated um, from the attack. He, he obviously is doing nonsense, but in this episode, he goes to this pizzeria with his imaginary friends and they tell him that he has to go kill soldier. Uh, he has to go kill uh soldier boy and Homelander. Yeah. So he goes to kill soldier boy and then Homelander. Oh, he doesn't go to kill Homelander. He goes to kill soldier boy and then Homelander becomes somewhat of an issue, but then he ends up going, you know what? Fuck it. Get rid of soldier boy. And then he goes to confront Homelander about it. And then Homelander kills him. Yeah. He kills him right at the yes, end of uh, episode seven. Yeah. We also find out that Soldier Boy is Homelander's dad in this episode. Oh no, that's what it is. I'm sorry. He kills him. In, he kills him in the middle of uh, episode eight. This is the, the this is the phone call. Yeah. So we see Noir deciding he has to go kill Soldier Boy. Then we find out Soldier Boy and Homelander uh, are related because they took Soldier Boy's DNA to make Homelander, and then they were going to replace him with him. Blah blah blah. So then this one, this is where um, Black Noir dies. Yeah. So eight. Is the incident white hot wild, which is like Ryan missing, but like him being Homelander, it's 
everyone at Vought fighting in the Vought Tower, which is insane. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually one of the better fight scenes for the entire series. Oh um, yeah, it's, it's a crazy one. And you have it's Butcher, Huey, it's Butcher and and Soldier Boy versus Homelander. Well, it's Butcher, he... Huey, Soldier Boy. It's Butcher and Soldier Boy um, versus Homelander, and then the boys Annie and Mabe show up to help because Butcher knocks Huey out. So then Huey can't help. That Huey gets the yes. boys. They bring him because Butcher's on a suicide mission. Pretty much. And they ain't, and they ain't about that. They can't lose their buddy, so they go save him. And then Ryan, his subplot is uh, Ryan is the son of Homelander and Becky and um, yes. Uh, oh my god, Butcher has been trying to take care of him, but because he's Butcher, he kind of fucks it. And then Homelander shows up, takes advantage of the situation, manipulates the kid, and now the kid is on Team Homelander. So he's been around in this season, kind of palling around with Homelander, especially with the last two episodes. Um, <laughs> so then Nate, uh, not Nathan, Ryan has been, uh, he, he's involved in this fight back and forth. And then they end up, they almost kill Homelander. Like, they get close. And they then super close. And then they end up stopping it because Ryan um uh is is around or something. Yeah, because he would have caught an explosion right. that uh, yeah, Boy would so they push him out of the building and then it uh Maeve and Soldier Boy end up dying, but do they? Yeah. But like it, we'll it ends that. with Maeve kind of going into like hiding and Soldier Boy being Captured by Mallory, yeah, Maeve, but but Maeve loses her powers. She loses yes. her powers, so that's interesting. So she lost her powers because of the nuclear explosion, but she was able to live because she's Wonder Woman. And yeah. and then uh, the boys get Butcher, and they um, set up the. Um, we forgot about Newman. So Newman from season two, at the end, she's revealed to be the head popper, but none of the characters know. Except for Edgar, it's revealed that Edgar's her adoptive father after she kills her – does she kill her family? I don't know. She's in an orphanage or something. And um, yeah. yeah, she's yeah. from the same orphanage in. that – she's from the same orphanage that Marie is from in Gen V. Okay, cool. And then um, Newman ends up um, being like a strong leader in the political race. Huey ends up helping her, and then Huey realizes that she's the head popper, and then – as she announces her bid for vice president, uh, the boys claim that um, Newman has to go, and that's what sets up season four's plotline. Meanwhile, Homelander attends a rally for Newman where he murders a Starlight supporter, and everybody's cool with it. And then Homelander's yes. going to start his political campaign, I'm thinking, at the end of season four after they get rid of Newman and Singer. Because um... – well, you didn't see Gen V, but there's a whole thing that is going to put. No, I've not seen Gen V yet, but I know that um, Homelander is um, involved at the end. And what you, from what you just said, it sounds like Homelander already put his bid in. Well, no, it has nothing to do with the, pol- the politics part. It okay, has cool, more cool, to cool, do. Cool. Yeah, yeah, there's something else that goes on with that. Um, okay, well, we'll get there when we get there. <laughs> yeah. So that ends the season three. So what do you think of the series? I've been saying it throughout the entirety of the the thing is like how I feel about the show is that I think the show does such an amazing job taking things from the comic book that would have been over the top or kind of ridiculous and turning it into something that's Mm -hmm. adaptable, that's more like consumable and and set in their own world. Um, Again, Herogasm is great. Little Nina doesn't need to die by having an exploding dildo shoved in her. You know what I mean? Like, 
it, but it, I'll take it. Yeah, you know, it, it, I <laughs> what I really like about the show, and especially the season, it does set up again. I like. I've always liked the play on real world analogs. Like, of course, the whole thing with Homelander and, and, and Starlight is the Me Too movement and the Trump supporters against each other. Sure, you know, but also it makes sense in a world like that where superheroes are kind of a commodity and marketed and sold to you as like these pristine pieces of perfection. You know, um, it is the the and they bring up in Gen V, where I was playing Gen V, like. Gen V is set after season four, uh, after season three, where they are the first generation to know that they are not created by God's gift, but they were just kind of given these powers by their parents um, because of Compound V. And it's because of what Starlight and Huey did in uh, season two, I think, actually. No, season three, season three. Um, and having people like, you know you play into that and go, oh yeah, that kind of makes sense. These guys are characters in a world where superheroes are a commodity. And in Gen V, they are still taught, even though they know they're not like bred, they weren't born that way out of like genetics, that they were given those powers because their parents like gave them the powers. Um, Mm -hmm. They're still treated as a commodity. They're treated as products. And uh, you see it in the show constantly. The fact that Starlight uses like, Pretty much, I think at the time they used TikTok or Instagram, or whatever, live. Um, and she at Herogasm, like that's when she rescinds her being part of the seven, you know, officially. You know, the world mourning Maeve's death, and even though Maeve's only all she did was lose her powers, you know, but Bart's, Bart's more willing to kill her off than make her powerless, you know, in their story, in their narrative. You know, uh, it, it's the it's the how fast like we talked about in the opening of, of season one of, of season three where they rewrote starlight as a bad guy for their like justice league movie style thing but if you look at it all of season two when starlight first came they they rushed jobbed it to put her in the movie than it was to make a uh, uh, more female focus with mave and starlight and and, and her and stormfront together you know, as like the heads of the, the the seven, like girls can get it done or whatever the hell this tagline was mm-hmm. for season two. Um, you know, it does show how quickly Vart doesn't care as long as they make money and they're kind of like their products are at a at like a minimal level of happiness just to kind of comply to do what they are told to. Um it's really good. I like the show a lot. I, I recommend the show to everyone. Is it going to be everyone's cup of tea? No. I do understand no, the level. It's pretty good overall. <laughs> no, and what I mean is it's not, I don't think it's that people will find it bad. I think the problem ends up being that it's it's just the, it's the level of violence. It's the level of, of gratuity in there that can make people, like, I won't watch this with my wife. Like, I, I refuse to watch it with her in the same room. Mm-hmm. you know um because it is very highly violent and very graphic not that she would it's not like she's yeah. a prude or anything that yeah but i don't it's watch not the, i don't watch the main series with courtney only because i don't think she'd like it as much like i think she'd like the comedy i think she'd like the action but i think a lot of the blood and guts and the over sexual stuff it's just she wouldn't care too much not that she wouldn't like it she would just be like right hit or miss 
But I saw right. I showed her her first episode of Gen V, and she's very into that teen drama nonsense. So I think she'd like that one a little bit more. Even though I know it does get a little crazy. I saw the first episode, a boy explodes. Like, it gets a little yeah, nuts. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, he deserved and it. And we see the um, the origin of the main character, uh, her blood powers, fuck off yeah. her parents. And, and Courtney was like, whoa. <laughs> I know. Like, that's the same, same yeah, thing like, with this. The, watching um, it, yeah. with, with Little Cricket, where she jumps on that guy's peen. So she, she's yes. gotten a lot of, like, Gen V does, we'll get to it when we get to it, but Gen V does feel like the boys just with different characters. So they, they got the yeah. feel pretty well on that. And that's what it is. I think what they've done with this franchise, and, and, and this goes overall, because for the season, I like the season a lot. You know, there's nothing, like, as much as I, I like, the deep stuff's kind of getting repetitive a little bit. You know. I think he's going to die in season four. Yeah. I think they're running out of stuff for him to do. So unless he does something really drastic, like he kills somebody that he wasn't supposed to, he's going to die in season four. Exactly. But outside of that, I I could be wrong, but well yeah but again i, I really I do <laughs> i really do think that they've 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 hit it they found this try hit this trial and they're moving along with it and i don't i have yet to see between the season and gen v and diabolical something that i don't like about the show is, it, is this is definitely a show you recommend people that don't know comics um definitely recommend not reading the comic book before reading this watching this yeah a bunch of my buddies like this and while some of them like comic books not all of them do well it's the whole thing you can you can just watch this without it and it's fantastic Mm -hmm. oh yeah i know yeah totally it's it's a good show regardless of whether you know it's a comic book or not that's what i think the level of like production this show ends up like coming across with normans can like it It's one of the top-rated shows. Yeah. Oh, sorry. They just broke... Uh, the next book is Empress. From uh, Dark oh, Horse. Mark. Yeah. Cool. Empress That's Volume 2. Like, cool. Sequel. Cool. I'm like, cool. Whatever. Um, I'm like, cool. Sure. Sorry, I was pulling up. So I was pulling, actually pulling up something to run through my book, my run through book reviews. Sure. But yeah, so over out of five, what are you giving the set the season? This season, oof, this is probably the best season. I mean, don't get me wrong. Season two had a lot of strong stuff going on. That storyline with Stormfront was very cool. But season three, I don't know, man. Firing off on all cylinders. Every character gets a lot of good screen time. Like. You know, we get to find out a little bit more about M.M.'s world. We get to find out a little bit more about um, Frenchie and the female. Like, while we don't get a lot of Huey and Starlight backstory, like I feel like we got a lot of that in the first two seasons. We get a lot of good yeah. stuff sprinkled out through all the other supporting characters, including Butcher, which we get to see, like, the reason why he likes Huey so much is because he reminds him of his younger brother who killed himself. Yes. Um, we get to see more about Homelander's fucked up nonsense, even though we got a lot of that in the first two seasons, but Homelander is just, he's just so good. And I think it's because Anthony Starr is doing such a good job at playing him. Like, I feel like, I mean, Homelander, as long as you're delivering the material you're given, I think you could be a fine Homelander no matter who you are. But I think Anthony Starr really just, I don't know. I mean, we've only seen one version of it, to be fair. 
But I think he yes. really brings it home. I think he really you know, like this is his role. It's going to be hard to see him in anything else after this. Oh, well, he, there was a movie that came out called Cobweb this year, where he is like a like a weird dad. I don't want to spoil anything, but like he's got a weird wife, he's got a weird son, he's a weird dad. It's a horror movie, and um, like he he brings like. I guess it's because the director saw him in as Homelander and gave him a few like close ups and a few like situations where he could use some of his Homelander facial expressions. Yes. In the movie, but because I can only see him as Homelander, I'm just sitting there like, man, it's weird to see this guy as like a normal dude. <laughs> I haven't seen him in much besides this. He popped up in, you know, Xena Warrior Princess back in t- the day as like as a nobody character, and then. Yep. You know, he's just in and out doing his thing. And then the boys is his big, big thing. That's wild. Like, he, he got um he got his own show, American Gothic, which ran for 13 episodes, which was cool because it was his show. But, you know, because yeah. it didn't last that long, it's not like it's, you know, his vehicle. His vehicle is Homelander the boys. It's crazy. No, it's, it's insane. Yeah, and he was also in The Covenant this year with – um. With Jake Gyllenhaal and Darcelin, but he wasn't the main character. He was just in it. So he's getting out there. Okay. But, you know, this is like his show and he's really he's really doing it. No, this, this is fun. Yeah. But anyway. Oh, I'm giving it five out of five. Duh. Oh, I'll also say I don't know if I said it. Yeah, I'm giving it a five out of five as well. I think we did that for season two. I think we're gonna keep doing it for a lot of the boys stuff. They're really just it's doing good. I can't find like it's unless won he more awards than it's, it's lost, you know. The only the only thing they can do to mess this up is if they they either pull back too much from like everything and make it kind of like flat, mm-hmm. or like something dumb happens where like the acting is bad or the writing is really bad. Mm-hmm. So, let's jump to our book reviews real quick. First of all, we have towards the. Oh my god, I hate this. Twas the Might Before Christmas, which is written by various people and drawn by various people. It's the DC uh, holiday anthology for this year. The stories are uh, Teen Titans in the at a home, a home alone in Titans Tower, Holly Quinn and Amethyst in the Princess Switch, which is like a freaky Friday for Amethyst and Holly Quinn, Lex Luthor in the Lex Tacular Christmas Carol. Um, that one's actually okay. Um, Batwoman in Riddler. Riddler on the Roof, which is actually one of my favorite stories. It's um, Kate working during Hanukkah because Bruce asked her to because he knew that she would say yes because she had nothing else going on. Um, and her going against our uh, teammate with Riddler's daughter, actually. Mm-hmm. Some of these are in canon, some of them are not, clearly. Um Booster Gold and Santa Copies, which is Booster Gold and Rip Hunter and his sister becoming Santa Claus. Um, okay. Superman and Streaks <laughs> sure. in the Sky. Yeah. Superman and Streaks in the Sky. Um, Bunker. It's a bunker for life. Bunker is finally back. <coughs> Happy birthday. And you have Love me some Bunker. And Batmite and, and Wonderful Toys. Um... It's just a DC anthology. It's fun if you want a cold socket stuff or a gift for someone that like that is in the comics that you don't know if they go pick up. This is the kind of book they want, probably won't pick up for themselves. So there's that. Yeah. You should really pick this one up. 
We have Spider Spider Gwen Spider Gwen Smash, written by Melissa Flores and art by Edin uh, Baum. Um, Spider Gwen is traveling is back to her own Earth on Earth sixty five, and she's traveling with the Mary Janes. Um, on like a rock concert tour. Um, it's kind of like a battle of bands, really. Um, mm-hmm. in the issue, she has to become the bodyguard of Dazzler. Who with her band, which is Rick Jones, uh, Lila Cheney, and Dazzler are a band together, uh, with Natasha. Band. <laughs> yeah, all right. Natasha, quote unquote, as their manager, which is their version of Black Widow. Um, they are attacked by a bomb, a, a version or cover version of Abomination. Um, but what happens is she's hired now by Dazzler because she has a stalker, and it's. Kind of implied that the stalker is Bruce Banner. So why it's called Spider Gwen Smash is because we it's going to be Spider Gwen versus yeah, some Hulk. Um, all right, the Hulk, a Hulk. Who knows? That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So next we have Invasive, written by Colin Bunn and off by Jesus Harvest and uh, published by Oni Press. Um, this book is dark and wild and gross, and I picked it. <laughs> Um, that's our boy Colin Bun. I know. So it's about a case revolving around people that have gone under and had unnecessary like um, plastic surgeries done to them, and they're trying to figure out the doctors that are, are doing these operations on these people who are clearly already now maldeformed um, from these like extra plastic surgeries. So it's really cool to see two sides of the story. One's a detective who's been on this case forever, and the other one's a doctor whose child's in a coma. Um, the detective's on the case because he's trying to find the guy who mutilated a friend of his child. Um, mm-hmm. And the other one is about... The other half is the doctor who um, is a trauma surgeon while, and her daughter's in a coma. And she's, the, the two of them end up working together to hunt down these, these um, kind of surgeons, but we don't know if they are. Um, they're... Mm-hmm. You see them really quick. Um, they're kind of guys with red goggles and a black mask. So it's like a horror, it's a body horror, like crime thriller. It's really crazy. It's really gory. It's awesome because like you don't know what these doc- doctors are because they're not real. They're not human. They're clearly not human. Um, but it's really cool. Like it's really really cool. Um, you have so the next two books I'll talk back back to back, but they both have a similar theme. They're both heist stories. <laughs> so there's oh. Under Heist, uh, written by David and Maria Lapram, uh, and off by David Lapram, produced by Boom Studios. Um, is actually after, uh, I hate that he uses his real name in this. Um, gambling addict David uh, has hit lowest point in his life, so he's trying to get his, get, make money. So he ends up taking a job as a bank robber, not bank robber, as a, as a, a thief. They kind of do like this whole heist thing, and you find out that David has this insignia on the back of his neck. They don't know where it comes from. Um, at least in issue one, they don't know where it comes from, but it does lead into the heist is underneath the subway system in New York City. Um, and by going under there, um, it ends up becoming more of a mix between like uh, supernatural uh, meets a heist story because they find out like oh. All like a bunch of people die when he's with them, but then also you find out like, oh hey, that 
thing on the back of your neck is not just a scar. It comes from something. And it starts like lighting and burning. It's crazy. So that's like now it becomes like a super, that becomes a supernatural heist story. Oh. And we also have The Bloody the Bloody Dozen, written by Charles Soule, off by uh, Alberto Jimenez, Albuquerque, produced by Image Comics. This is actually part of the crowded, Shrouded College universe. It's a series yeah, of... What is the Shrouded College? All right, so... The Shrouded that, College, I was like, I have no idea what this is. <laughs> okay, so the Shrouded College is um, a set of six miniseries. So far, there's only been two, which is... Now the bloody dozen and the one before that's held to pay. They do not connect, but oh, they're all in- okay. Okay, because I saw all- that this had a subtitle, and I was like, yeah. "Why does it have a subtitle if I've never heard of it before?" It's part of Hell to Pay sets it up. Okay, I so, haven't. I only read the first issue of Hell to Pay, so I was just like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, so it doesn't. So it doesn't. They're within the same universe, but not the same characters. So each no, no, mini. No, yeah, each miniseries will be different people with different story uh, story elements. Like Hell to Pay was a action um, action sci fi story. This is a supernatural uh, heist. Uh, that's why they call it the Bloody Dozen. The name's taken from the Dirty Dozen, where um, they each one of them is recruited to go get on the space station that's circling the sun to kill a bunch of vampires living on there before it crash lands to Earth. So, it's kind of just a, again, another supernatural heist story. We're all set within the same universe. We also have to fix the um, the Bloody Dozen's um, synopsis on here, because it has the Spider Smash, the Spider Gwen Smash one on there. Gosh, yep. <laughs> My bad. It's all good. Um, I just caught it now. But, uh, yeah, that's it, actually, for the, the books. Um, yeah. Definitely pick those up. If you're into supernatural stuff or heists, they're really cool. Uh, I think, uh, bloody. I think uh, the bloody doesn't does it better than under the heist because under heist is like more of a heist and the supernatural is secondary, where it's reversed for um, the bloody doesn't. So that is it, guys. Thanks for listening. You can head over to our website andrewscomics.com to check out this week's previews and new releases. Follow us on Instagram at Andrews underscore comics. The podcast Instagram at Andrews Amazing Podcast and X. At Andrew is amazing to update news. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, share with a friend, and always support your shops. Have a nice day. Have a nice day. And guys, uh, we probably won't. We're not going to be recording next week because that will be the week of Christmas. No, are we recording next week? Right. Oh yes, no, we are. No, no we are. Right. Yeah, yes, we have. Our, yes, sorry. So we will have our Christmas episode next week. So prepare for that because it'll be fun. It's our little different uh a little bit of different christmas episodes so yeah yeah a little bit of column a a little bit of column b yes so we will see you guys next week peace